Welcome to Sermons from the Edge, a ministry of the Edge Church in Winona, Minnesota, a place where it's okay to not be okay, where you can come and you belong just as you are, no matter what you're facing. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. Can I uh, speak to our hearts this morning? Tomorrow, this morning, why am I here? But the question for our, our topic for this morning, our, this morning is, what if here isn't where you want to be? That's a great question, and, and uh, there's many ways to play out uh, in our lives. What if here, what if today, what if this situation that I'm in isn't really what I want, to, want it to be, or it isn't where I want it? Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, God doesn't make sense uh, in some way. Maybe uh, it's not what I thought I was promised. Maybe the situations of life have, have, have become... Uh, messed up in your mind. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a relationship or relationships that have been struggles. Maybe it's uh, physical health challenges for yourself or a family member. Maybe it's uh, financial stress. Maybe it's a situation at, at your job um, that seems like it's just not going well. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's something like depression. And you just say, man, this is not what I, I, this is not what I signed up for. It's just not what I want it to be. It's not where I want to be. It's not what I want to be doing. Maybe you've prayed about situations and, and God seems to be silent. You ever had that situation where you've just prayed and you prayed and you prayed and it's like God just seems to be silent. There's just no answer. Uh, I talked to somebody this week that was in a similar situation, was, is very strong in their faith uh, and has been a long-term Christian and has, has uh, I'm not concerned about them, their faith wavering. Uh, but we were talking about something, a challenge in this person's life and the person said this. He said, I, I just feel like God loves to watch me squirm. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Just, God just seems to love watching me squirm. What if, what if where I want to be? Maybe it's, maybe it's um, the death of, death of a loved one. or there, There's just so many things that, that, that come into play. Um, this has kind of been the story, uh, especially in the last week. Sometimes, sometimes things happen, and there really are good things, but they're just hard things. Uh, and that's kind of where our family has been. I'll speak for myself, not necessarily our family this morning, but uh, we're we're going. I'm going through some things, and and, it's, and I know this is. I'm not going to try to be. I'm not. I'm going to try not to be discouraging to you, but I think sometimes the person that stands up here. Uh, can, can unfortunately come across as somebody that has everything together. And that's not always the case. I have struggles just like you do. Sometimes there's things that are the way they should be, but they're very difficult. Last week I took our, oldest, our, our middle child, our daughter, to college. Dropped her off in Bemidji. Uh, she's going to finish her college up there. A great thing. I'll be honest, she needs to go and get away from me and my wife uh, and some days we need her to go, and we need her to get away from us. But that's hard. It's a hard thing. I, I was busy trying to get back to a meeting the day that I dropped, him off, dropped her off, and, and my wife and my daughter were, were shopping, trying to get stuff for her apartment, and, and it got to the point I was ready to go. I had done what I needed to do. It was time for me to go. We had driven separately because I needed to come back to Winona. My wife was leading a small group uh, retreat, all those things, just the way it worked out. And so I'm ready to go, and I called them, and, hey, where are you at? I'm ready to go. i got to go. Oh, we're at Hobby Lobby. And I'm thinking, Hobby Lobby? Like, where, I thought we were going to have this moment where we're, 
you know, I'm walking out of your apartment and I'm going to cry and you're going to cry and we're going to all go away. And you know what? Okay, well, I'll be at Hobby Lobby. And so I went to Hobby Lobby and we're standing in the middle of this aisle of decorations and like, well, this is kind of anticlimactic, but okay, love you, bye, I pray for now. I stand there and pray for my daughter. And I drove away, and I'm, I'm like halfway home thinking, well, that was kind of a, that was kind of a weird deal. <laughs> Two days later, it hit me, like, where's my girl? Where's my girl? Today, I get to go up, and uh, my folks uh, are 80, 87, my mom's 80th birthday party tomorrow. They're failing in health. And so we decided it's time for them to move in with my sister. So this afternoon I get to go help my aging elderly parents move in to what likely will be their last residence. So well, that's kind of morbid. Well, that's reality. In about five days, uh, this Friday, I'm going to take my son Calvin, who was back there with my grandson, but he apparently has gone in the nursery. Calvin's going to go to college take him up to Fargo, North Dakota, the tundra. It's going to be, he has no idea what he's getting into. But I'm going to take my little boy, and I'm going to, there's my Calvin, just wave. There's Calvin, taking care of my grandson. I'm going to drop him off, and I have a feeling on that trip, my wife and I are going to drive him up together, and so I have a feeling when it's time for them to kick us out from the college, he's living in the dorms, they're going to come around and say, okay, it's time for parents to leave. And my wife's going to say, no, we're not going to leave. And I'm just going to say, yes, honey, we're, we're going to leave. It's a good thing that he's leaving, but it's going to be gut-wrenching. About a month ago, uh, my father-in-law was in the nursing home here in town. Many of you prayed and helped us through this, but uh, after a long life, 89 years old, he finally succumbed to eternity. And what an amazing thing for him because he literally stepped in, stepped from a, a failing physical body and avatar, like we said, and he stepped into eternity in heaven. What an amazing thing that was. And we, we kind of celebrated and it was so much easier because we knew where he was headed. And yet there was those days afterwards where my wife and I just said, why, why, it's just, Why? I have an older son that's, uh, many of you have been part of this story and some of you have no idea, but I have an older son that uh, had a failed marriage, uh, got married and within just a year or so had an unexpected little, was the little blonde haired boy that my son was carrying and uh, man, you know scripture says that God hates divorce, it's not because of it's not because of just hating and wanting us to suffer. It's because he doesn't want us to suffer. If you've ever been in a divorce or been close to a divorce, man, it's tough. And this week it's been overwhelming. And, and the, the title of my message, what if here isn't where you want to be? I don't want to be here. I, there's a lot of things that are really, really good. But this week has just felt like everything kind of came crashing down. And even the words of the songs that we sang this morning, um, I'll follow you anywhere. I'm thinking, wow, God, really? I'll follow you anywhere. I, yeah, absolutely, I'll follow you anywhere. But, man, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in all this. I don't want to, like, come on, God, where are you? 
Yeah, I think I, I, I had to echo this person I was talking to that said, I think sometimes just God just wants to see me squirm. And I'm like, that's exactly right. But you know what? We know that's, I know that's not true. I know that's not reality. I know that there's certainly hard things that we go through. But God is always faithful to us, church. In the midst of those things, I'll follow you anywhere. This morning, uh, like I said, I have a whole bunch of scripture, and I, honestly, a lot of it's been from my process, and how do, you, how do you maintain faith, and how do you continue to walk forward, and how do, I, how, do I, how do I come to resolution in the fact that God can deal with my pain? So many times I've, when I was a young boy, as a new Christian, I would, I would get mad about things, and I would want to just yell at God. And then I would think, well, that's, I mean, am I really going to yell at a God who can strike me dead? That doesn't seem real wise to me, but I've learned to do it. And I've often thought about that, and in this process of, I don't want to be right here, uh, and studying God's Word, I've come across some things in Scripture, and some of them are common everyday thing, but there's there's other pieces of it that I think are pretty interesting that I'm, I'm fearful that sometimes we miss. And so this morning... Like I said, I have a whole bunch of scripture, and I'm going to read the scripture, and I'm going to kind of direct our thoughts in the, in the meantime through this, but for the most part, I'm going, to, I'm going to let scripture just stand for us this morning, if you'll allow us to do that. In Psalms chapter 73, the 73rd chapter of Psalms was written by Asaph. Asaph was a friend of King David. Uh, if you remember King David, he was infamous for uh, David and Goliath, the story of David and Goliath, infamous for... David and Bathsheba, his failure. Um, David had appointed Asaph to be one of the temple worship leaders. And so this is a man of God. This is a man that has been in God's presence. And in this situation, in in chapter 73, Asaph is going to get really real with God. And so beginning in verse number one, Surely God, he says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Praise the Lord. Asaph starts off, this, I know who God is. This literally is just, I know who God is. But then he goes on. I'm going to read again. Surely God is good to the Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But, and here's that transition statement, but I've got some things. He says, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves in violence. For their callous hearts come, come for callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limit. They scoff and speak with malice, with arrogance. They threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does God, does the most high thing? Wow, that's a statement, isn't it? It's in the Bible. Is that surprising to anybody else? When we read this and it's like, it's in the Bible. This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure, and I have washed my hands in innocence all day long. 
I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new, what? Joy and pleasure and excitement, and every day needs new punishment. Asaph isn't alone. The author of Ecclesiastes had a couple statements. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, I've seen everything in this meaningless life, including the death of good good young people and the long life of wicked people. Chapter 8, and this is not all that is meaningless in this world. In this life, good people are often treated as though they are wicked. And wicked people are often treated as though they are good. This is so meaningless. Back to Psalms chapter 73. I know this is getting heavy. We're going to turn the corner and it's going to be amazing. Hang on. Just like in life, hang on. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Psalm 73, going back to Asaph, if I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to, their, to your people. He's saying to God, listen, I know where I am. I know my position. I know that if I had said these things when I stood to worship, I would be a traitor. I couldn't do that. But that doesn't mean he couldn't do it in private. He couldn't have his private corner of prayer. He says, I know, what, I know my position. I'm not a traitor. I did not do that. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. And then I love the transition statements again. Before it was but, now it's then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. I love that. Not necessarily the part about the destiny of the wicked, but I finally went to your sanctuary, O Lord. I finally... Isn't it too bad we have to finally... Isn't it too bad we don't just go there, that we're just not there, that we just don't live there? But I finally went to the presence of the Lord, and there you were. If I had really spoken this way, I would have been a traitor to your people, so I tried to understand your, why the wicked prosper, but that what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O oh God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh in their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you, praise the Lord. You hold me in your hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. That's where you say amen. No, no, no. That's where you say amen. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains my strength of my, the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Amen. Isn't that amazing, church? Think, look at what has happened in this man's heart. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God, a sovereign Lord, my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. So what if here isn't where you want to be? What if here isn't where you want to be? I've got just a few principles that I'm going to to throw out for us. Number one, don't be surprised. 
Isn't that encouraging? Don't be surprised if here is not where you want to be. Praise the Lord. <laughs> For chapter 4, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Okay. Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have troubles. But... Again, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Praise God. Acts chapter 14, after preaching the good news in Derby and making disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers, they encouraged the believers, they encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer hardship to enter the kingdom of God. Don't be surprised if here is not where you want to be. That shouldn't take us by surprise, church. It just shouldn't. We should have expectations that there's going to be things God never promised us, peace and prosperity and, and comfort and all these things that we seek so readily. We shouldn't be surprised when there's things that come up. But there's more. God is still with us. Another principle. Number two, what happens when we're here is not what I want to be. Move on. Just move on. Move on without hurting others or disobeying God. That's a hard thing to do. That whole without hurting others and without disobeying God. You know what? Sometimes, uh, sometimes the hardest thing in the world to do is just turn the other cheek. Just say, you know what? I don't have to, I don't have to get into this. I don't have to. Sometimes just, you know, let's just move on. You know what? I've figured out move on. I just have to, some days I literally just have to keep putting a foot after the other one and, and let's just keep moving forward and let's be the presence of God. Let's go to the presence of God. Let's just move on. I want to show you a, a, a cool little clip that I came across. If any of you like the, the Little League World Series, you maybe have seen this. But this is an amazing, amazing little clip. Texas East, it's this whole regional thing all over the country. Uh, little Leaguers, uh, junior high age, I think they're about junior high age, uh, have this huge tournament. It, it ends up being the Little League World Series out in Pennsylvania. There's regional tournaments. Uh, this one is between Texas East and Oklahoma. Uh, and I want you to watch this, this clip because it's an amazing, amazing, amazing example of let's just move on. Can we show that? Oh, look out. He just got nailed right in the head, right in the side of the helmet. Bad spot. Potentially very, very awesome. long-term consequence. Just back up. People are clapping for him. Good job, bud. Good job. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm going to be all right. Wow, that was shocking. Wow, that is a tough kid right there. Turn up the sound just a little bit for me here. He's on first base. He's looking at the pitcher. The pitcher is struggling to, to be able to move on. Now remember, these are two teams from different parts of the country. They don't know each other. So this is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, Bob. Look, look at me. Look at me. You're all right. Amazing. You're all right. Look at me. That's cool. That's cool. Zay Jarvis. What a great example of, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Let's make it okay. Let's just move on. Let's be in it together. Let's be in the moment, but let's move on. Let's not give up our faith 
because of something that we need to just move on from. So, so often I think we, we just hold on to hardship. We hold on to like, oh, he hit me in the head with that baseball. He meant to do it. It was terrible. I'm never forgiving him. Guess what? Unforgiveness is hurting you. It's killing you. Let's move on. Let's, let's move on without hurting people and without disobeying God. Psalms 15, who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter into your presence of your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth with sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbor or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Let's move on. Matthew 11, then Jesus said, come to me. You who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is very light. Or is light. The burden I give you is light. Man, let's, let's keep moving on. Let's keep moving forward. Let's allow God to give us strength. What if here isn't where you want to be? A third principle, and we'll, we'll be done with this in just a second. If you can't move on, because you know what? There's some things that just like, how do I move on? How do I, how do I just turn the age? How do you do that? This whole situation with my son and his failed marriage and an unexpected baby. Now I have a two-year-old girl. And it tears up our heart because we're trying to figure out, our son's trying to figure out custody and all these things. And is at our house and we get to see him every couple weeks. And it just, as a grandparent, we get to see him way more than most grandparents would see their grandkids. And yet there's this uncertainty about the future. And my wife says she feels guilty when she thinks about him. She feels guilty for not thinking about him. She prays and it doesn't seem to th- It's just like, what if I can't? What if it's right there and I just want? What do I do? Focus on your destiny. We talked about it last week. This world, this body are temporary. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4. That is why we never give up. We never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last. They seem like they last forever. But right there it says, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Remember the rope I had? And the little six inch, this is your life. And then I pulled out the rope and it goes on and on and on and on and on. These present troubles are just little things and they won't last very long. Yet they produce... For us, a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Well, how do I do that? Because it's important. The thing I'm going through is, how do I do that, God? I recognize that I can't change things but I can live in victory because of who God is. I can give these things to God and allow Him to care for me. Look for God's plan in all this. James chapter 1, if you need wisdom, ask our generous generous God, and He will give it to you, rebuke you for asking. Okay, well, 
What, what does that look like if I'm looking for God's plan? Is he trying to build character in me? Maybe it's a character thing. God's trying to work in me. James chapter 1, dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has, cha- has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. What is God's plan for me? Is he trying to help me grow in this? God doesn't cause things. God doesn't cause trials in our life, but certainly God can use the trials to benefit us. He can use those things uh, to benefit the people around us. Around us. I was thinking about this this week and praying about all this, and I came up with an idea, a thought. One of the reasons that helicopter parenting is so dangerous is because it, it removes the effect of our actions. Let me say that again. Helicopter parenting, just trying to get my kids out of it, trying to call, solve every problem for them, trying to not have them have any effects from the problems or the wrong that they do. Helicopter parenting. What we're actually doing is we're setting our kids back because there's no cause and effect. There's no action and reaction. We're removing that. And God is saying, listen, I didn't cause all these things, but I can use this stuff. I can help you in these situations. I can, I can help you understand, you know what? Even as a pastor, I, I grew up in such a blessed environment, uh, a pastor's home, I'm a pastor's kid. Uh, there's many, many things in this world that God saved me from. Not saved me out of, but saved me from. I didn't experience a lot of the things that happen in the world. And many of the things that you maybe have experienced, I didn't experience. And guess what? As much as I try to empathize with you, I, I don't even know how. But guess what? When we, when we lost a baby in, in utero, boy, that changed my perspective on loss and grief. Boy, when we've walked with my son through a failed divorce, that, that'll change your perspective. That'll give you a little bit of insight of what it's like to go through those things. God will use those things. So look what God's, what's God's plan for us. Is he preparing me to help others? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 again. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Can I read that again? He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When we are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. The more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with His comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is, your, is it, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. It's that turnaround thing. And what about, what about this? Is this a chance to show God's power? Is God, is God trying to do something here? Is this a chance for Him to show His power? Because Colossians 3 says, And whatever you do or, do, or say... Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks through him to the God of our fathers. It's all perspective, church. Matt, would you come back? We're going to wrap this up. I want, to, I want to take you back. I know this has been kind of a little bit of a like, wow, this is not the most encouraging sermon, but can I take you back to the, to the one statement in this whole thing? Then. Remember back in Asaph in, in Psalms chapter 73, He's lamenting all these things. People seem to have their life, the blessing God, whatever, whatever. It's all these horrible things. And after he's done all that, then he says again, then I went into your sanctuary. There's hope. 
There literally is hope in Jesus. I love, here's one of the things I love about this particular scripture. I love it that Asaph was actually a worship leader. Because there's something about worship that changes us. There's something about worship that changes my perspective. When I get in the presence of God and get get all of my thought and my lamenting and all, when all that stuff is kind of laid beside and I begin to worship a God who's bigger than me, it's a whole different thing. My wife and I have a, a Spotify. It's an online radio thing or a music thing. We have a Spotify music list and the title of the list is Breakthrough 2022. And under that list, there's all kinds of just amazing. God is amazing. God is great. And, and I love the, the, to listen to that because literally that has been God's kind of his, his olive branch to be. And there's times I'm just like, God, what do I do? The other day I was uh, talk, or I was just sitting, I think it was actually yesterday. It seems like a week ago, but I think it was yesterday. I was sitting and thinking about my daughter's gone and yada, 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 Calvin's moving. And, and I, there was just this heaviness. And all of a sudden it was like the Holy Spirit, hey, hey, this is a great time to work. And I turned on this thing in, in my bed last night, put my earplugs in, turned on this thing, and I'm like, God, you are so amazing. There's a song, and I don't remember how it goes, but it's something about speaking the name of Jesus. I speak Jesus over this. And I'm, wow, wow, blow my mind. Like, God, you're so incredible. And it, it, it changes everything. We find ourselves when we get in the Spirit and we go to that, then I went to the sanctuary. Praise the Lord, church. We have a sanctuary. We have a God that loves us and helps us and comforts us and gives us wisdom. And the scripture said he literally is the lifter of my head. I love that analogy because there's a lot of times I walk around with my head like, oh, who am I? And I, I just have this image of God just saying, no, 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 no. Let's, let's just lift it. Let's just lift your head a little bit and let's change your perspective. Let's then, I'm in the sanctuary. Let's change the narrative and let's just let's be in God's presence. Is that going to change the situation? Probably not in that moment. But you know what it does? It changes my perspective of the situation. Suddenly I'm not living in this, oh, life is terrible and yada, yada, yada. And, and, and suddenly I'm in this perspective. You know what? This is, this is short. God, I, I believe you. I think one of the hardest things is my grandson's situation. God, I believe you in this situation. And, and Lord, I can't change the situation, but here's what I know, God. I know that you love that little boy more than I do. I know you love that little boy more than his mom does, more than his dad does. There's nothing I can do to change that, but God, I know that you're in control. And you love that little boy. And God, I'm going to have to just have faith. And in the meantime, I'm going to invest in that little boy. I'm going to read him the Bible. I'm going to pray over him. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over his life and his spirit and his soul. And Lord, in the meantime, I'm going to live a life of victory in his presence. And we're going to have fun when I can have fun with him. And God, I'm going to then, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. That's where we gain our victory. So many of you have been in my life and you've looked at me. I had somebody come back this week and I won't say who it was, but... I said, Pastor Chuck, I, don't, I, I just realized, I've, I've realized recently how much stuff you do, and I don't know how you do it with what things you've got going on. You know what? I don't, I don't know either. And I don't have to know. I'm in the presence of the Lord, 
and the Lord is the lifter of my head. And guess what? We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ that strengthens us. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Tough days, good days, struggles, joy, rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Because I serve, we serve a God bigger than all of this stuff. And does that mean I'm going to have a great week and I'm not going to cry when I drop off my, my son at college? I'm going to cry like a baby. I'm going to beg him to let me stay and then I'm going to drag my wife out because she won't want to leave. But God's still bigger. God's still bigger. Lord, thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That you are bigger than all of this. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords that there will come a day when you will come back to, to bring your church into eternity. Father, you, you are the conqueror. You are the king. Lord, help us to be ready on that day. Until then, Lord, help us to live in victory that only you can give. In the midst of horrific things, Lord God, help us to walk your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and those of you that have a relationship with Christ I desire that you would be praying right now there's some of you here maybe that have never invited Jesus to be in your life never asked him to be the savior of your life you need a savior you need a savior every single one of us needs the work that Jesus did on the cross the Bible we've all sinned it says the result of sin is death or separation from God. You cannot be in the presence of God, of a holy God, for eternity. Sin in your life that just will not happen. That's not, that's not the way the game is played. The only way that you can have peace with God is to accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross, that he died on the cross purposely to save you, to forgive you from your sins, to pay the price of your sin Jesus died on a cross. And what's, up to, what's left for you is simply to accept that word on the cross, to invite him to come into your life, to be your savior, to forgive your sins, and then to put him in a place of authority in your life for he is the Lord of your life. You've been listening to A Sermon from the Edge, a ministry of the Edge Church in Winona, Minnesota. If the Lord has spoken to your heart through this message, we would love to hear about it. Contact information is available at winonaedge.org. Thanks for listening.